podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Cricket Daily. I'm Menas. I'm with Paul Dennett. Hello, Paul. Hey, Menas. And we've got a special guest, Fatima, editor of The Pop Increase, a valued member of Cricket Daily. And the, the, the times match up much better with this recording, Fatima. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm super glad to be doing this morning, my time, because I'm much more of a morning person. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're, what, a Brit based in South Africa. So I, like, really yes. hate you. Well, the feelings feelings mutual, man, honestly. (laughs) Which cricket team do you support? I mean, you're accredited by Cricket South Africa, but the British accent, who do you support? Well, I don't support England, that's for sure. Um, Okay, well, you're growing on me, that's for sure. (laughs) No, my first team is South Africa, and then it's kind of Pakistan, New Zealand, West Indies, you know, the underdogs. Well, where does Australia come into this? It doesn't. What? I thought Australia no, I thought, was like one. I thought Australia was everyone's second team. Not, not a palm. I tell you that. No, when I was younger, I used to. It used to be the team I disliked more out of England, Australia was Australia. So that's why I supported Aussies. But as I've gotten older, I kind of dislike them both equally. Wow. <laughs> so I just. I, All righty. Well, let's the, get into it. It's been a good day for you. Been you're a good the perfect day. person to have on then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Australia started the day 7th for 343. They went on to get a lead. Well, they made, what, 425? So really good. Um, they should have the score here. What did they make? 425, yeah. And um, then England are two for 220 at stumps, only trailing by 58. So an incredible fight back, Paul. I mean, did you see something like this coming? Well, I... Obviously, I didn't expect it to be this good, although, um, and without wanting to encourage gambling again, I saw that um, early in the England innings, they were 40 to 1. So I did have a bit of money on them. So I'm kind of supporting them now, actually. Um, oh, it's such a turncoat. <laughs> you like loyalty can be bought so easy. Sponsors take note of that. Oh, yeah. Please do sponsors take I'll, yeah. I'll advertise anything. Yeah. All right, continue. Um, but, yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty exciting now. Um, I, I mean you would still be much preferred to be in Australia's position and they probably really should go on to win the game from here. But at least England can take heart from the fact that, as I said yesterday, they did everything wrong, wrong team, wrong decision at the toss, dropping catches, getting wickets off no balls, missing runouts. Australia had the best day ever on day one. And yet, as we sit here at the end of day three, England are not far away from parity with only two wickets down. So they've at least made the game interesting. And so this is kind of what's going to be fascinating for me because that's my memory of the last tour out here that England fought well for long periods and although they lost 4-0 that was that scoreline probably was a little bit harsh on them so let's see what what, what can happen here but um yeah it's good for the Ashes. Now Paul you've got a stat for us going back to the last Brisbane test and there are some oh no the one of 2010-11 where there are some really um sharp correlations. 
Yeah, I mean, so my stat of the day is the number 221 because that's how much Australia led by uh, 11 years ago. I can't believe it's that long ago, but England made 260 on that occasion and Australia made 481. And with that 221 run lead, it was just assumed Australia would have a cakewalk for a win. England then promptly made one for 517 declared in their second innings with um, Strauss 110, Trot 135, and Alistair Cook 235. So Australia then batted it out and finished up one for 107, and it was a draw. Uh, so I'm not necessarily saying that England's going to win this game, um, and I'm not necessarily saying they're going to draw it, but the parallel is there. They were able to get out of the Gabba without a disaster, and they went on famously, of course, to win those Ashes. And they've, um, after those Ashes, they've never won a Test match in Australia since. So, uh, yeah, that's my stat of the day. Fatima, how have you seen this game from, I don't know, how many thousand kilometres away? <laughs> what do you think I mean, of the pitch? No, that's it. <laughs> well, it's, you know, the pitch is, it's, it's, calmed down on day three you know it's, it seems much better for batting now but i've been i've been really enjoying it i mean i woke up that first morning at like what was it 1 30 for the toss and i was still like rubbing my eyes and mitch dark bowls roy burns around his legs and i was like oh my god <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's been a very frenetic couple of days uh but it, i've really been enjoying it england's fight back today was actually really enjoyable to watch and just seeing them not buckle under the pressure and uh, really put in a good, solid performance. So I've been really enjoying it and I'm glad it's going to go into a fourth day. Yeah, well, um, yeah, terrific um, day. I mean, you've got to say the first three days of the Ashes haven't disappointed with the quality of the cricket. So Australia started seven for 343. Then Mitch Stark was the next play to go uh, and it was eight for 391. So Stark and Head put on 85 runs. Stark made a very good 35 off 64. And then Travis Head was the last man out. He was out for 152 off 148 deliveries and, and a, a scintillating knock. He continued where he left off yesterday. He took the bowlers on and Australia got to 425. They had a little bit of a spell before lunch. Um, but they didn't get a wicket. And then it was after lunch, they got a couple of wickets. Um, and then it looked like maybe, you know, the game could be over. Um, but um, Root and Milan put on 159. Root's 86 not out. Milan, 80 not out. Um, yeah. Uh, so Cummins was an absolute peach to get Burns. I don't know if you saw that, but that was a, a corker. I actually didn't see that. I was still sleeping at that point. Sorry. <laughs> you have you have got just about the hardest time zone. I always the hardest time zone for me is when Australia's in the West Indies and it's midnight till seven. So you're, you're two till nine, two to nine yeah. thirty. Given the air, yeah. that's yeah. just about that. You know, that's not very easy. Um, it's it's, yeah. it's especially for someone that gets up really early and goes to bed really early. It's it proves to be very difficult. <laughs> Yeah, that one that um, that Burns got it. I mean, I suppose technically he didn't have to play it because it was a bit wide, but it leapt alarmingly, and it was just a fabulous ball. He'd been out, given out on the field, uh, LBW, but was reprieved on DRS with the ball, just going over the top of the stumps. Uh, that would have been that would have been a pair, wouldn't it, if that was um, upheld? Mm, I think so. And then, uh, yeah, you're right. That was a high one. Uh, and look, that was referred, and it's interesting, a lot of controversy was happening um, off the field with the technology not all being available for um, DRS in this match. So there's there's basically no snicko 
uh, available for this match, mm-hmm. um, which is um, separate to the issues of the no ball. So they're not related so, at all. Yeah, I was wondering about Snooko firstly, but why aren't no balls being called by the third umpire? I kind of missed that. I think the technology is just not uh, working. And the, the part of the problem is because of the border restrictions, they can't get technicians in there from other states to fix them. And no one in Queensland knows how to do IT. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. So there's no Snicko available. And I've heard that um, I, I was given some information that uh, Fox Cricket use a technology called Virtual Eye which is very different to what's used around the world in other cricket coverages where they use Hawkeye, the actual probably syndicated uh, product. Uh, so um, apparently that Hawkeye is really good and, I don't know, Virtual Eye hasn't started this Ashes very well. And and there was, look, the people on, on Twitter were blowing up that in the Ashes you don't have all the technology available. Yeah, I was blowing up. And I, I so what no, not just you, Dennett. You're unhinged <laughs> today. <laughs> what happened to me was that I actually got angry at Menace today, and I apologize for that, Menace. You didn't you didn't deserve that. Um, but um I uh, I heard Ricky Ponting in commentary just before the end of the Australian innings say some w- words to the effect of they've just been advised, and I th- I think he said that ball tracking's temporarily had gone down and that they'd let Paul Rifle know the umpire. And that his attitude was kind of bring it on, you know. Um, I'm up for the making the decisions on field. Um, but then when Burns was out a few minutes later, uh, they went to the review. So I'd, either I misheard it or it was only down temporarily. Uh, but the other thing I've heard with the the Snicko is Snicko is there. It's just that they can't put the real time marrying it with the um, making it real time Snicko. So they've opted to use nothing rather than just Snicko, which I can understand, but that moment today when, was it Milan that there's a big appeal for caught behind, they scrutinised the hot spot, couldn't really see anything on it. That's one where Snicko was working. You wouldn't need the um, the real-time uh, notion of it because it was either going to be an edge or not. There's nothing else in the way. Uh, so m- maybe deep down in the box there, someone actually does know whether he hit that or not. <laughs> Because so that was a pivotal moment. Hazelwood, a big appeal. They referred it, and and on the replays, you couldn't tell if it had hit the sort of toe of Milan's bat. Um, and well, as you say, Paul, maybe there's someone there. Fatima, what do you think of Milan at three and Root at four? What do you think of their partnership? What do you think of Root's year? I mean, th- th- that partnership. We might look back at it, you know, at Hobart when you know Root's lifting the trophy. Um, and and sort of say that that partnership turned the ashes. Root has been in absolutely sparkling form this year. <clears throat> Sorry, um, I mean he struggled. Oh, my years are getting confused. But prior to the Sri Lanka tour, it was the end of last year. He was struggling for form. He wasn't getting the hundreds, and um, mm. then he got that big double. And then it like that. That's it. Clicked. Everything just clicked for him. He's like. 100 after 100 after 100. So he's yeah, been seven fantastic. this year, I think. It's ridiculous. And I mean, when he came out in the first innings, I said, oh, you know, poor Root on his shoulders yet again. And when he gets a duck, but um, he's Mr. Dependable. Like, he, he, he seemingly can't do any wrong. He gets a duck in the first inning, get, hope, maybe going to get a century tomorrow. And the partnership today with Milan, I wasn't convinced with Milan at three. I didn't, I didn't know if he's a proper test player or not. But uh, this innings has he's done really well. They were in trouble. They needed a good partnership. They needed someone to just stay in there with Root. So he's done really well. So I'm 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 impressed with his batting today. Yeah, Root kind of went from 
looking like a great player to suddenly on the verge of slipping out of that echelon to now um, he's clearly the best bat- batter in the world in test match cricket. And there was, there was that test match, one of the test matches in the, in the English summer where he came out to bat and he's not about naught. And everyone basically just said, he's going to get a hundred today. It was like a universal certainty on Twitter. And he duly did. It was the most comfortable century I think I've ever seen. Never put a foot wrong. India, right? Yeah. One of the tests against, I can't remember which one, because that was when I was watching them all at two in the morning and my mind was was fried. But um, I remember just thinking, yeah, he's on six, not out or whatever. And he's going to get a hundred because he just looks in immaculate form. He's kind of looked that that way in the second innings here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is where England does look dangerous because, you know, Milan and Root have set the platform. He now got Stokes to come in. Yeah. Injured Stokes. Oh, yeah, that's right. But he might be able to clobber a few. That might be dangerous. Mm. Beware the injured player. That's another Chappelleism. Um, and then you've got Butler at seven, who if whose best method is probably to swing. Uh, and then you've got the all-rounders. So I actually think that England could set Australia a, a Difficult total. I mean, Fatima, I'll start with you. When does it get difficult for Australia? Do you think, I don't know, 250 and above that kind of range? Or do they, do England need more? What's uh, what's the weather like in uh well, Forget the weather. Uh, forget the weather. It's you can't know. forget the weather. It's crazy. <laughs> well, then I, think, I looked at the forecast and it's going to be uh, uh, warm to hot. So about 30 degrees. So no rain. Not no much rain. rain. No, no not, rain. Not, not really. No. Okay. So two full days. Uh, yes. they still trail by 50 odd. They're going to need to get at least 200 for it to be a contest. But 200, I... yeah, that, that's when it starts to get tricky for Australia. But w- when do you think it starts to sort of shift towards England? Over to 270 then. Yeah. What do you think, Paul? What was the the SCG test match of 93, 94? 104 we couldn't chase down against yeah. South Africa? I think that's for you me. Don't the number. remind me. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was there on the day one, but yeah. Um, the thing is, as you say, Menace, it's, and there's plenty of opportunity for commentators tomorrow to say this is a big session. Uh, the first session tomorrow, if I was in commentary, that's what I'd definitely be saying. This is The game <laughs> is on the line in this session here because if if Milan and Root can bat to lunch and you know walk in at lunch with a lead of 30 or 40, and then as the afternoon unfolds and a couple of wickets fall down, Stokes comes out, plays his shots. Um, Pope is an aggressive player. Um as you said, Butler and Wokes, uh, Robinson, they, you know, they, they can all, um, with, with a, when they've got a license to hit, I, I, you know, I can see a nightmare scenario for Australia of um, after T, Wokes cracking boundaries through the covers for fun as the, as the lead. Like when Pryor play. scored all those runs 10 years ago. Yes, yes. I sort of <laughs> expunged that from my memory, but I can just about Sorry. mention in the depth. But also Mark Wood also, he gave South Africa a bit of yes, a, a yes. tapping as well, so he can also slog it quite a bit. Yeah. You can play some very elegant shots as well, Mark Wood. Mm. So so I sort of agree with that range. I think if it's around 200, you know, despite the fact that Australia could wobble, I think 200 on that pitch should be okay. But once it gets sort of close to the 300 i think it's anyone's game you look at the top order harris is a walking wicket warner's injured so we could be two for not many um and then 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 the pressure's on smith and labashane and um you know head has to do it in two innings green coming off a shocker in the first inning so it really is there for england's taking now i mean as you say, Paul, if they start well in that first hour and don't lose a couple of early wickets by lunchtime, they could be in the ascendancy, you know, 50 ahead, eight wickets in hand, motoring away. Already on Crickviz, 
Australia's chances, which were basically 100%, have dropped down to 75%. And, you know, to, to have thought that last night to, that we'd be sitting here tonight saying that Australia is a one in four chance of not winning this game, according to the experts, is quite extraordinary. The draw that they've got at 16% and England at 9%. So England are one in 11 chance, whereas yesterday most people would have said they were about a one in 11,000 chance. So, um, yes, it's... Interesting. And yeah, Warner, bruised ribs, uh, not mm. broken. So he probably will bat. Hazelwood, is he injured? Why didn't he bowl? He only bowled, I um, uh, just saw, uh, it was a good prompting from um, Jay Dutcher there. What happened to Hazelwood? I see you've starred that minister to, to mention it later. But um, why the only eight overs for him? That's un un unexpected. Yeah, very unexpected. All right, so I'm going to do my good day, bad day. So good day. I'm going to give it to Travis Head for his stunning 152 of 148 deliveries. Hard to go past him for the Good Day Award. Bad Day Award, I'm going to give it to Nathan Lyon <laughs> because the poor bugger has been on 399 wickets since before um, Y2K was a thing. So, you know, it's really frustrating. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to get there. I think he'll just... Keep bowling now for eternity and never get another test wicket. So now poor, that you've said that's gonna get it tomorrow, so don't worry. <laughs> so bad day line, poor bugger. Um, and then look, you get a bit of mad manners because I am flipping furious that news has broken that they are going to have the fifth test at Bell Reeve Oval or Bloodstone, whatever they call it. I don't care what they call it, it shouldn't be there. They're gonna play a day night test in Hobart to finish the Ashes with, as Shane Warne was going um, ballistic on Fox Cricket, saying that in the history of cricket in Tasmania, the most they've ever got for one test match is 29,000 people in the whole test match. And Warne's right. You could get that in one bay at the MCG. I mean, this is a disaster. Australia, I said, Joe Root's going to be holding the Ashes up. where He's going to have bowled Australia out for 60 under lights with, with the pink ball. Everyone will be looking at each other, and I'll be there flipping out because I could see it coming. So that's my mad manners. F the people that made this decision? Well, there's quite a few things to unpack there. Um, firstly, just while you're doing that, I was trying to do maths in my head and I couldn't do it, so I did it on the calculator. But Ricky Ponting <laughs> made the point that um, this summer, and I hadn't realised this, it had crept up on me, this summer that Nathan Lyons, Sheffield Shield, he's taken four wickets at an average of 62.75. Uh, when you factor in today, he's now taken four wickets at 80 for the summer. So... Um, Look, you know, he may well bowl Australia to victory tomorrow, but concerning signs for him. Um, your point around Hobart is kind of twofold. One, you don't want it to be there because you think Australia under lights in Hobart that's it, that sends an advantage to England. I think you would have played the you would have played the fifth test at Alice Springs in the middle of the no, afternoon. Red Bull, Sydney or Melbourne. <laughs> Red Bull, Sydney or Melbourne. Um, but the thing with Tasmania is that when when people quote the figures, you've always got to look at it two ways. One as a percentage of the Hobart population, their crowds are fantastic because they've only got 250,000 people. So if they get 29,000, that's more than a tenth of the population turning up. That'd be like 600,000 turning up to a Melbourne Test match. So it's not a criticism of the people of Hobart to say that their crowds are poor. They turn up in great numbers. It's just that because it is a small city, then the 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 the, the possibility of getting the big crowds is not so much there and, and the, ground, the ground itself doesn't seat so many. I think it'll be a lovely test match. I, you know, in, if the world was normal, I'd love to go down there and watch it. 
it'll be great crowds um, for the, for the size so of it. Nice. So Wonder nice. No, wait, wait, wait. There's a punch coming. There's a punch coming. <laughs> Wonderful atmosphere, and I have no. You know, I can't be sad for the. You know, I'm happy. I'm happy for the people of Tasmania. I'm not. But I'm, just, I'm. I'm actually not happy for them. Continue. I just think it's they a mistake. They don't deserve it, do they, Menas? <laughs> no. I just think it's a mistake when there's an opportunity. If it was two all, the MCG first test match ever under lights at the MCG. As I said the other day, they might get um, seventy thousand day one, sixty thousand day two, fifty thousand day three. Uh, that's what you want. It's um, the grandstand finish deserves that. Now, that's that's where I'm coming from. And so nothing against the people of Tasmania or the people of Hobart. I think they do deserve Test cricket, but I think a decider of the Ashes needs the biggest ground. Note, I'm not even saying Sydney, my home ground. I'm saying Melbourne for the bigger capacity. So I tend to agree with you, uh, Menas, but not quite as um, not quite as fired up, I suppose. I can resent I, the decision. Fatima? Can I, can I just say that the last test at Hobart, uh, you know, you guys lost by an innings against South Africa. Just putting that out there. Yeah, that was when Australia cricket basically exploded from that point onwards. Yes. I Thank you for reminding us. They were bowled out for 85 Pleasure. and Pleasure. Callum Ferguson's brother um, was famously watching, <laughs> watching his brother, was caught on camera, like, like walking off in a huff after his brother got run out. Because he'd um, flown from England. He, he, yeah. Because they'd put Ferguson at the last minute. His brother flew all the way from England, got there, like caught a cab to the ground, and the first thing he saw was his brother getting run out. <laughs> and then oh, his, no. brother's, his brother's like, oh, like stormed out of the ground. And that's you know that's mm. twenty five hours of, of torture to see that and it was um oh, no, it was, you had to laugh but um yeah poor Callum well, never played another test match yeah I did back South Africa in that game as well but anyway. oh, all right Paul stop showing off <laughs> I've had him so am I right to be worried you've seen Jimmy Anderson with the swinging ball so now he's rested from the first test that means of for for fifty percent of the rest of the Ashes Anderson is going to have a pink ball against the Aussie batting lineup I'm backing Anderson. It's it, yeah yeah. I do also I I do think it was a mistake to not play Anderson and Broad. It's the mm. first test of the Ashes. You go with your best eleven. I don't care about workload. Think about that later. It's the first test. I just think it was silly not to go in with them. Yeah. I, it didn't it didn't look right opening with Wokes. I'm sorry. I think Wokes is a great cricketer, but I don't. I didn't. It didn't feel right seeing him bowl the first over for England. It's, I, I don't know. It just didn't seem right to me. So, but yeah, and Anderson. You just love Jimmy. Ah, no, man. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the Jimmy Stain argument, I'm staying all the way every day, but. Um, is there an argument? Of course, Stain is better. Like anyone you. who argue, but I mean, the, 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 as a little aside here, as much as Jimmy Anderson, wonderful cricketer, most prolific test cricketer for England ever. And his average keeps on going down. He's now averaging about 26 or something like that. Just be, you can't just judge it on the number of wickets only. You've got to look at the average and you've got to look at other things. You know, um, for a while there, Alex Stewart was the most prolific batsman England had ever had. Was he their best batsman ever? Of course not. No one was saying that. Um, if you're picking the all-time best England 11, I don't pick Cook and I don't pick Anderson. I don't say that with grudges towards them, but they're just other players. That, they've got a proud history and other players are better. And Stain versus Anderson, um, it's just, you know, that's a ridiculous notion. Of course Stain's a better bowler. Thank you. That shouldn't be controversial. Menace, it's not controversial. Okay? It's, it's normal. I mean, you'd, you'd have Stan. You, you might not even have Anderson in your world eleven at the moment. Um, well, look, that's it for the cricket daily. The third day from the Gabba, yep. Fatima. Any closing thoughts on um, where you see this test going? Who are you backing from here? 
Who are you backing to win or lose? Honestly, or I don't really mind. Um, I oh, okay. Well, I don't. I don't really care. That's a, the Jaleesa answer. I, what? No. <laughs> what I do want is for it to finish on day four, so I can sleep on day five. Well, okay, good, selfish. I like it. Um, Paul, well, I made Fatima um, make a call from here. So, who are you backing from here? Uh, oh, obviously, I think Australia's going to win, but um, that's without anywhere near the certainty that I had um, in the earlier days. And, I, you know, I can't lie. I'm cheering on England now. I know that's a horrible thing to say, but, <laughs> you know, I can't, I've got to be honest on this show. 40 to 1 is pretty good odds. Uh, Para Eel says, um, I feel Smith didn't have a good innings out for 12 and Cameron Green out for a golden duck. Uh, yeah, Smith, it's going to be very interesting to see that both of them in, in the second innings. Australia really should be able to chase down whatever England set them. But um, as I said, we've got a pretty ordinary record of fourth innings chases. And I don't think this pitch is necessarily, it's flattening out a bit, but it's going to, they're talking about divot marks in there from the first couple of days. A couple of balls have started to spin. Uh, I'll tell you what, mm. um, kudos to the ground staff to have had Brisbane underwater for a month uh, so far. It's a fantastic test pitch. Well, Paul, you know, you and I both backed England before the game, so I'm sticking with that. I'm thinking England are going to win from here. I think, you know, under pressure in the fourth innings we won't be good enough. And um, Captain also, Cummins. Sorry, also, uh, Stokes, they say Stokes and Robertson are fit to bowl, but really are they? That, that, that that, that's an issue. It's interesting because both Stokes and Root have got hit on the knee, I think. Um, and in some ways, I think Stokes's knee is really sore, but maybe it's not. Like a, I'd rather that than a like obviously a hamstring pull or a knee a proper damaged knee. If it's sore, Stokes is the kind of guy I think that will will probably just get through it. And Menes, can we separate backing from predicting? Because you you didn't back England at the start of the game. You predicted they'd win. I just want to have that um, delineation. Oh, okay. quite the, the punter had to clarify yes. the terms exactly. Yeah. No, no, not not for not for, for not being a pedant. Which I am, but that wasn't but the look, reason. My so personal people... pride is more important than finance. So uh, putting my pride on the line is like it's like backing myself. I'm backing yeah, myself exactly. again. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Good. I'm the same. All righty. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks everybody for watching. Fatima, thanks so much for joining us from South Africa. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Fatima. Brilliant. It's been great. Let's do it again. Yes. Yeah, Paul. Course. Thanks for joining us from DY or wherever you live. Bye. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.